to Top Fives, the short of everything. Top Fives, presented by the Sex Effects. I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we have a very special end of the year, beginning of the year, uh, beginning of the decade uh, show for you uh, this evening, or whenever whenever you're listening to it. It's the beauty, beauty of podcasts. But before we get to all the, uh, the decadence, Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Decadence. Oh, I'm I'm yeah. doing good, man. It's uh 2020 now, dude. So um, we're in, we in the 20s, eh? Ringing in the 20s, man. Um, yeah. I'm. You know, weirdly enough, I know every year's another year, but uh, this, I am excited. This, no true words have ever been spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I I am excited for 2020. I I mean, you know, I, I always try to like use the beginning of the year as kind of a reset and just kind of kind of reflecting on you know kind of last year and and then of course. Uh, yeah, just, you know, kind of setting up some new goals for, for the, the coming year. So, yeah, doing okay. I've been, I'm done being sick, which is great. And, uh, Fucker. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, it's, it's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks of just, um, I mean, once it, after the New Year's hit, it's just like getting back to reality and, you know, um, you know playing a bunch of, like, gigs and stuff. And, um, yeah, just getting back to it, man. So, Excited for the for the new year, man! Hell yeah, I, I really am. Uh, Joey, how are you doing this week? Doing all right. Still, uh, still getting over being sick. I, my cough lingers, so if we have some of some coughing interruptions on the show, I do apologize. Except not it's not really because it's our show. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. New year, same me. Twenty uh, twenty. I'm very excited. I really hope we start knocking on bar doors. And having to say a password again. I hope that comes back. I hope uh, fedoras come back. I hope uh, big band music comes back and, and jazz. Hey. And, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, spats would be really cool if that came back. Um, <laughs> Chicago, if Chicago came back. Um, running boards. I'm really hoping for a return of running boards on cars. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let's take care of the important things, okay? Okay, that's what this decade needs to oh, yeah. to be about. Um, but yeah, man, I you know why I love this time of year? Why, Joe? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because we do fucking year end lists, man. I love oh, yeah. fuck. And you know what's exciting? What is so exciting about this year is it's a new decade, so we get to do a fucking end of the decade list, man. Oh yes, this is this is cool. It's cool. It was tough. I gotta it's say. very tough. It's but uh, it's very tough. I think 2019 excited, was man. an excellent year for movies, actually. Yeah, there was some cool movies that came out, and um, you know, just kind of reflecting on just the yeah, all the the decade, especially. I mean, that was there was a lot of big movies that came out. Um, some of them, you know, smaller movies than ever, but. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of influential, yeah. you know, movies that were, were really kind of a buzz for a lot of people. So, um, I yeah, didn't see everything to... I wanted to, but it was regardless, it was still a, a task narrowing it down to top five. Um, yeah, it was tough. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we, you, so you want to do uh 2019 first and then we'll get to the decade. Yeah, let's do that. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're not going to ask each other top fives like we normally do on the program. Instead, it's going to be our top five movies of 2019 and our top 10 movies of the decade, of the 2010s. we got a top 10 today. Ooh. All right. Um, 
So, Shawnee, um, would you like to kick us off with your top five films of 2019? Yeah. Um, man, so my number five uh, is actually a movie I just saw recently while I was um, uh, back home for, for the Christmas break. And it's a movie called Aeronauts, um, which Ooh. released on Amazon Prime, I believe. Um, so it was like a Amazon movie that came out. Uh, Felicity Jones was in it. Um, oh, I can't. Re- uh, I can't, trying to remember his name. Um, he played uh, Stephen Hawking and. Uh, oh, oh! I'm so God damn it, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Redmayne. So it it was very interesting. It was um, <coughs> set pretty much around the story of um, kind of the first uh, in England, especially in Europe, um, kind of the first. Uh, moves on weather and um, convincing the parliament to um, to follow weather patterns and just like predicting the weather pretty much. And um, it was about these two. Um, one, this girl who has a uh, Felicity Jones. She has a uh, air balloon, hot air balloon or whatever. And um, yeah, and Eddie Redmayne, Redmayne's uh, character is a. Um, as, as, I can't. I'm so terrible with these <laughs> terms, but he studies he studies science, uh, you know, weather and the and the science behind it. And the whole thing is them trying to go uh, to the highest point with this balloon and see what the weather and how it changes. And what they find out and what they convince the parliament in the end is um, that there's different layers to the to the atmosphere. And they actually broke a record. I think it's like thirty five thousand feet in this balloon for like the next like three hours um but it was spoilers motherfucker oh no i'm sorry but it's (laughs) it was very interesting it was um you know it was a a more focused uh story you know i mean kind of the second third act they they spend most of the time with the characters on this balloon and you know there's a suspense and there's all the stuff but i don't know i I just really enjoyed it and, and it was just a film that um I don't know. Just it, it's interesting when you kind of you know you're going to a, a time where you know we didn't have stuff like this, or a man is trying to convince the parliament like that you know the weather and predicting the weather in the future is important. And I don't know, just it, like stuff. I always love movies like that where they're you know it's just on the verge of just kind of convincing and discovering. And um, I've always loved movies like that. So yeah, Very that cool. is Aeronauts. Um, yeah, so number five, Aeronauts. Nice. Uh, I got number four, Us, uh, directed Ooh, by Jordan Peele. Yes. Um, this is one I did also re- uh, recently watch. Um, I watched this last week. I was trying to catch up on some movies of 2019. And uh, just like, kind of like Get Out and Jordan Peele's uh, kind of genre of horror and mystery and, and all this, um, Us was a very interesting movie. And, you know, it definitely uh, hit like kind of the the questions of of um you know who we are and whatnot um but it was very creepy and i i remember watching the trailer to it and i was like what what is this movie like i'm just so um intrigued by like kind of the you know especially with jordan peele coming with get out and like you know how that film kind of unfolded uh us just was kind of the same way it was shrouded in this mystery and then as it unfolded and you got a, an idea of like what um, what's happening in the story. Um, it was just uh, very interesting all the way through. So, and kind of creepy as well. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, us for number four. That is a good. I flip. got 
Number three, doing my homework too. I just watched this one yesterday, um, but I really enjoyed it. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right on. Um, you know, uh, was it uh, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film? Is that correct? Yep. yep. Yeah, ninth film. Um, in the true Quentin Tarantino fashion, kind of a fictional take on some certain true events. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really great. I mean, um, Brad Pitt. And I mean, just all these, you know, amazing portrayals of some of these Hollywood, uh, you know, character uh, actors and actresses. Um, you know, there's the you know the Manson family, and then kind of uh, the events surrounding that. And of course, it's a Quentin Tarantino film, and kind of remind me of like Inglorious Bastards, how they uh, they kind of like flipped the you know the historical part of it, where you know, like in Glorious Bastards, they end up killing Hitler. Right. And um, in this one, uh, you know, the you know, t- it revolves around like um, Sharon Tate and like all the, you know, the Manson murders or whatever. Um, but it's like a different take on it. I don't know. It's like an alternate reality version of it. But um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. And um, I definitely want to watch it again because I'm pretty I'm pretty fresh from it. But I, I would like to watch it again because it just uh, it was very intriguing and and um you know, a true kind of Quentin Tarantino film in, in a way, you know, you know, just having those certain things in there. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's number three. I like it. Uh, number two, got The Irishman. Nice. Um, which is, uh, you know, came out just recently, and uh, I have only seen it once, but I was glued to the television all the way through. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's got De Niro... You know, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, you know, with, um, um, I mean, there's just tons of great scenes with, especially with um, De Niro's character and um, Al Pacino. I mean, so these, these guys, they're so these guys good. are there at their prime, man. I mean, they're, they're so, yeah, they're so well, um, you know, put together in the movie and, you know, Scorsese, being a Scorsese uh, directed film and, um, you know, kind of reading about it too as well and, uh, it, yeah, it's just very interesting, and yeah, I mean, uh, of course, it's inspired by kind of events that that happen with uh, Jimmy Hoffa, and um, yeah, I don't know what to say, man. The Irishman, I definitely, again, kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I would love to watch it again just to really get nitty gritty into it. But um, I I've really seen it like four and a half times. I know you have, Joey. So I, love I gotta that catch movie. up, man. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So number two, <laughs> The Irishman. And then number one, I got the the Joker. Um, no shit, really. Yeah, uh, I I I mean, I enjoyed it uh, a lot, and um, it's t- it's a tough one because I mean, I, I was flipping the Irishman and the Joker back and forth because it, it did like seeing it in the theaters. It, it did really um, kind of let you know with movies. It's like you're like escaping to this world and um, sometimes filling in the shoes or walking the shoes of the character that's on, on screen. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix always delivers uh, just such a, a riveting performance with his characters. And to see him play the Joker and to, like, really get into the, this kind of different, uh, you know, kind of take of the Joker story um, was very interesting. I mean, I could s- kind of side note it and say, like, you know, it could have existed as not a Joker or Batman kind of uh, related story. Um, they could have easily just taken that out. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, we've gotten so many different versions of the Joker 
in film, um, you know, Jack Nicholson playing him. Um, you know, we had uh, Heath Ledger, and then we, you know, of course, Jared Leto's. That's the last version of the Joker we got is Jared Leto, this kind of like wacky gangster. God, it was but, bad. It was fucking bad. Yeah. So it, it was at least good to see kind of a, a more grounded and different take on the Joker character. And, and then, of course, kind of having that mystery of like, you know, what, you know, is this really happening? You know, what we're seeing on screen, is this really happening? And like, uh, are we, is the character really doing these things? Or, you know, is it, you're kind of along for this kind of ride and, and there's still some sort of mystery still at the end. So, um, yeah, those are my, my top fives. Right on, man. Yes, sir. Wow. Um, I, Joker was I, unexpected. I Because we talked yeah. about it on the show, and you were like kind of lukewarm on it as well. It's number I, I one. Was, I, it's number one of I, the year. I am I thought about it, yeah. Wow. I thought about it a lot. And um, Have you watched it again? Not recently, no. Okay. Uh, so you only seen the one time? I've only seen the one time. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. But that I is, know my that is like a sleeper change. fucking hit, right? Like, you just, that motherfucker <laughs> came from, I don't know, a baseball analogy, midfield to home play. I don't fucking know. But you get what I'm trying yeah. to say here. That's amazing. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. There, it's tough, man, because I, I really liked Joaquin Phoenix playing that character. He was and good. He, like, he, for me, it just, it he always kind of, like, disappears into his character. Like, you don't see Joaquin Phoenix as the, you know, it's like, he is the Joker. Like, um, I just kind of thinking about it more and more. I just, I really liked his portrayal of it. Yeah. Um, whether or not, you know, the story and kind of like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough with these movies cause it's like trying to boil it down to this one year. And there was a lot of movies that came out and I, funny enough, I watched more television than movies this year. Um, yeah, but maybe we'll yeah, need to do a top uh, five TV or something. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Joey. I am curious to see, hear your movies of 2019. All right, uh, you're you're right. There has been a fu- a, a big year of, of movies, uh, especially I, for 2019. I so. loved a lot of the the movies that came out this year, um, and I'm going to go number five, Marriage Story. Um, clearly, I mean, we've talked a little bit, just a tiny bit, on the show about you know I'm I'm going through one of those right now, so it's kind of um, it it spoke to me. It it was it was heart wrenching. Um, so yeah, that movie just clicked on an emotional level and it's fucking beautifully acted, beautifully written, beautifully directed, all of it. The music's good. Fucking Randy Newman. Um, but yeah, so, so marriage story. Um, number four, Parasite, the Korean film. Um, Oh yeah, I remember Bong, hearing about this one. Shoot, I can't remember Bong Joon Ho, Bong Ho Joon. Um, and it's very fucking good. It's um, and it, it's at one moment it's a family drama. At one moment it's a thriller or horror. One moment it's a fucking kind of heist movie. Uh, it's and it's so seamless and everything feels so organic and everything comes from the characters and um, it's re- it's really good. It's really fucking good. Um get over the fucking subtitles like the director said, you know, when he accepted his Golden Globe, you know. Uh, what did he say? He was like, it's it's a one-inch barrier. What a cool fucking way to put it, you know. What an artist's way to, to put that, a one-inch barrier. Because that's all it is when it's on the screen, right? Um, so, yeah. Parasite is dope. Um, number three, I loved The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And... Um, oh, yeah. You know, the fact that it was done by local dudes, you know, Jimmy Fails went to mm-hmm. Reardon and um, 
I'm blanking on the director's name, Joe Talbot, I think, went to San, uh, San Ignatius, SI, Rivalry. Um, so it's very cool. And it's such a beautiful love letter to San Francisco. And I'm living here now. So it's just, it, you know, it really, it hit with me. I really loved it. Um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, number two, The Lighthouse with uh, Willem oh. Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. This is just, mm-hmm. what a fucking odyssey this fucking movie is. Um, <laughs> I had such a great time with it. Like, I was, I just went into it, like, willing, you know, do do whatever the fuck you, I'm in for a weird time. And I, you know what, it could have even been weirder. But it was so well acted, <laughs> it was so beautifully shot in that old black and white style. Um, cause they use like an old aspect ratio and everything. Yeah. Um, I love the, the imagery of the lighthouse and the one location and just the two actors the entire time. It is astounding. I fucking love this movie. So, um, the lighthouse, check it out. The lighthouse. And number one, Martin Scorsese's the Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> I've I love this fucking movie. And you know what? I didn't I didn't immediately love it when I walked out of the theater. You know, um I, I see a lot of people who've only re- seen it once review it and they kind of have the feeling that I had with it, which was like, yeah, it was it was good. Um it stays with you, it lingers, absolutely, but like, yeah, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. It's it's a little long. And then you go back and you watch it and everything works. Everything you're like, oh, it just clicks into place, you know. Um, that second viewing really, really solidified it for me. And I see a lot of reviewers, too, who've seen it multiple times go, yeah, yeah it's it's different the second time around. Um, yeah. And it's just such a rich, rich experience um, and beautiful and heartbreaking. And holy shit, holy <laughs> shit, that movie. You know, um, (laughs) that, that last hour, the last Mm -hmm. hour is just, oh my God. Oh my God. There's some really good moments in that last, like that third act. When he has to call Um, Joe Hoffa. Yeah. Especially that one. You know, it's, um, you know, you just gotta be strong and, you know, uh, it's so close up on his face too. Oh man. Look, everyone's talking about good to see it. Everyone's talking about Pacino and Pesci for Best Supporting Actor, and they both, they they should fucking tie and win the fucking award. But De Niro gives such a great performance, and it's so subtle. It's not a Travis Bickle. It's not a Rupert Pump. It's not flashy and in your face. Um, It is such a subtle performance, and it's all in his fucking eyes, and even though they fucking CG his eyes, the emotion still comes through. Um, It's such a beautiful performance, and it's not getting any fucking recognition really i i don't think everyone's like yeah but pacino and hoffa or pesci and pacino it's like well yeah they're incredible they're absolutely incredible but Mm -hmm. but de niro just it's one of his his best i he's incredible in this movie especially especially old uh frank like nursing home frank you're just like fuck yeah there's, there's a lot of intense moments especially in that yeah in the last half um, yeah, I have to see it again because you're right. I would love to just watch it. Well, you know, and, and the nice thing about it. it is it's one of those movies you can kind of put on and having. And I hate this is fucking sacrilegious to cinema and Martin Scorsese. But it's one of those that you can put on in the background and do your shit 
And there's so many little scenes. There's so many things that happen. You can leave for a second and come back or you can do whatever you want while you're while it's on. And you're still getting the story because it's all in the dialogue. It's all in the, the way the characters talk to each other. And you can do stuff and still listen to that. And it's still a fucking rich experience. And, and you know what I mean? Like, yes, I've yeah. seen it four and a half times, but it's not like I sat down and didn't look at my phone for four for three and a half hours. You know what I mean? Like I, I, <laughs> I did the first time. But every time since, you know, it's, you know, it's how I watch most movies, unfortunately. I try to, you know, give a first viewing of my full undivided attention. But after that, fuck you, I've got other shit um, to do. Um, Shawnee, that's okay. Great lists, I think. Um, Only one overlap. Only one overlap. I like that. Um, And it's the right overlap. Yes, sir. It's the right overlap. (laughs) Uh, (coughs) Shawnee. We've got to our, our, it's the end of the 2010s. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, are we going to, we're going we're gonna to do a top 10. Um, and top 10, y'all. I did a top 10 on Twitter. Um, I did my favorite movie of each year, but this is going to be different. This is going to be my 10 films of the decade. Doesn't, I'm not going to do like 2010 this film, 2011 this film, you know, just 10 films. I, I'm not even looking at the year they came out. I'm just, Throwing them on just the canvas. Them. Just yeah. throwing them on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you it's, like to go? It's a lot. First, would you like uh, me to go? What, how do you want to play this this hand, my man, friend? I don't know. We, uh, man, 10 is, uh, man, I don't, have we, we've done 10 before. We've, we've done, done 10. 10 we've done 10 Arctic lists. Monkeys. We've done 10 Beatles. We've done things like that. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I'll, I'll start. How about that? Um, all right, so my number ten uh, is Nightcrawler, Fuck starring yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I love this th- that this made your 2014. list. 2014, and yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think it was for me. It was kind of shrouded in mystery a little bit because I, I wasn't really sure what the movie would be about. Yeah, um, I kind of, so I went into it kind of cold, but um, it was very interesting. It reminded me of a. Uh, there's a couple movies it reminded me of. It had like. Um, weirdly enough, it had like some like taxi driver feels in it. I, I don't know. Just like the character is just so um, kind of isolated, but wants to be, a, you know, wants to kind of get in front in, in front of certain things. Um, and it was just an interesting story about this kind of cameraman and um, him trying to like witness accidents and stuff. And <laughs> it was just it was a very interesting kind of character study, uh, especially on this on Jake Jonah Hall's character. Um, yeah, so number 10, Nightcrawler. I like it. Uh, number nine, uh, we've talked about this movie a couple times, and uh, I thought about this movie when we were in Paris, uh, Midnight in Paris. Ooh, yes. 2011. Um, love this movie, and especially for uh, Owen Wilson, you know, kind of more of a dramatic uh, role in this one, but it, it's just so such a great story about him meeting all these, like, famous writers from, you know, back in the day and um it, it's a kind of a love note to paris to to writing and, and li- literature and um you know there's uh a lot of um, character struggles in it um i don't know there's just a lot of things happening in the movie that really add to it and i just i think that's why i really enjoyed it it was it was very uh layered in, in a way um so yeah midnight in paris number nine i like it 
Uh, going with number eight, What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. Um, directed by uh, Taika Waititi. Um, perfect movie if, you, if you're trying to get into what Taika Waititi, like his directing and his kind of style of comedy. Um, the movie Excuse is me. just so a funny kind of commentary on vampires and uh, talks about vampires being roommates. And it's great because, you know, I, f- I felt like the, va- the kind of vampire genre, you know, there's... Most of the time, it's 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 always been kind of uh, like horror or, or kind of um, thriller type, you know, with that. So it, it's interesting to get like kind of a a, a funny, almost like an episode or two of The Office, in in a way, like these characters kind of interacting with each other, uh, you know, day, on a daily. And I don't know, it's it's just it was super funny, and and it, the humor was just very, you know, very interesting and. Um, I, I don't know. It's 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 one to check out if 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 you want to get into that kind of um, kind of world. So, what we do in the shadows? Excellent. And they, I guess, and I guess they did create a TV show which I've yet to check out. So that's probably going to be my next venture over there. Um, but yeah, eight. What we right do in the shadows? Number seven. I've got Deadpool, which came out two thousand seventeen. Um, just the, the kind of history behind the movie and how it was, it took, you know, Ryan Reynolds, you know, a couple of years to green light this movie and um, just seeing the amount of fandom and dedication to creating the movie. And it came out and I was like, holy crap, there's like so much, the, the hero, superhero genre, we're so used to like these certain things that happen, certain tropes and, you know, the, the success with Marvel and, you know, there's a kind of a formula to it in a way. And, it was interesting to see a movie that kind of broke those things and, and almost, you know, made fun of it because that was the Deadpool characters is breaking the, the, the fourth wall and, and interacting with the audience. And, you know, you know, Ryan Reynolds made fun of himself, self, you know, throughout the several times. Yeah. Several times. The probably one of my favorite opening credit scenes too, as well. um, So good. The title screens and everything. So it was very, um, you know, different and original for for the time it came out, and um, you know, it it was very a, a very unique superhero movie, and it's um, currently my I have another superhero movie on here, but it's my yeah. It, out of all the superhero movies that have come out in the last like ten years, I mean, this one is still one of my favorite ones. I think so. Nice. Yeah, seven Deadpool. Number six, I got Inside Out. Um, Pixar's uh, Inside Out. Um, I don't know, man. I, I always loved Pixar films, and they always. What I always liked about Pixar was they they find movies and animations to create that connect with so many different um, audience members. Like, especially the, uh, it can connect with you know children and also adults because there's so many so many topics that are happening, um, and it's crazy because you know it's um, you know it's about you know, this character and this family and they're, you know, moving and, you know, like what happens with that and, you know, how feel, you know, uh, people's feelings and, and emotions. And, um, so there's some pretty heavy themes in that, in that movie. And I always feel like Pixar does a great job of, of delivering that. Um, so children and, and adults can really enjoy it at the same time. And it was, yeah, it was a very interesting concept to, to take characters who are your own emotions and you know, kind of the what's happening in inside your 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 head and your body, and uh, portraying that on a on an animated film. So, uh, and of course, it just you know where Pixar's come from in the last even ten years. Um, it, it's it's incredible. just incredible. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just to see it in there. And of course, it's also based in San Francisco, too. Or the characters moved to San Francisco, yeah. I believe. So, um, yeah, Inside Out for uh, six. Very yeah, good. Getting down to the number, the top fives here. Um, so I've got for number five, I've got Logan. Um, came out in 2017. Our uh, kind of Western version of the Wolverine character and, and the last movie starring Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine. Um, what an incredible film. Just the, the way it's shot and um, kind of isolates the Wolverine character and kind of takes away kind of the spectacle from previous uh, movies that, you know, Wolverine has been in. It was, uh, you know, just so great to see, you know, Hugh Jackman play this character and kind of have his last, you know, kind of, uh, you know, last uh, portrayal of, of uh, Wolverine. It was rated R, too, as well. Wish it could have been a little more bloody and a little more rated R, but... I wish it could have been just time. a little more creative with the violence. All he did was, like, stab <laughs> people in the head. I was like, do something else. <laughs> In a world yes. where Captain America can throw a shield and fucking do crazy shit, exactly. like, just let me like do something wild <laughs> with those with those adamantium claws. Exactly, uh, but yeah. uh, I, I I did really enjoy it because it just had kind of a more um, centered story and and it you know Wolverine is just is still one of my favorite kind of comic book characters and um, Hugh Jackman Jack especially playing him for the last decade you know was you know we, we saw yeah. him grow that character and, and really connect with all the other people in, in the X-Men universe. Um, he was the kind of the anchor for a lot of that. So, um, yeah, Logan for, two, uh, for number five. I like it. Uh, number four, um, Sing Street, which came out in 2016. That was very good, yeah. I, I really love this movie, and, and I was looking through just all the movies in the decade, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I almost skipped it because there's so many movies I was trying to look through, and Sing Street was one of my favorite ones that I, I really enjoyed. You showed um, it such to a me. Gr- yeah, dude, it, it's it's such a great story, and it, it has music, and and you know this kid is you know trying to start a band and impress this girl, and it's like, uh, and then the music's all like original, and and it, it's great because every song um, that's on the soundtrack, it, it's great because they, it's almost like they, um, yeah, they really they really um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, capture the curated. Yeah, captured like the especially the 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 main um, character, the the boy, and you know his kind of like uh, want to impress this girl and kind of you know have this kind of romantic thing. Um, it's great because every song it's it it really builds off of what the character is is kind of um, going through, or um, and that's what song you know like as a song you know, as songwriters right like you know that's what it, what it is is kind of reflecting on those experiences and trying to put them into music and. Um, I don't know. Sing Street. It's just such a fun movie, and it's great because the ki- all the you know, I think the the band, the kids like perform, and um, yeah, it's it's such a fun film, and I think that's why it really um, made an impression on me. So, nice. Uh, yeah, I love it. Four, Sing Street. I love it. Getting down to the top three, uh, Wolf of Wall Street for number three, nice. which came out in two thousand thirteen. Um, what can I say about this movie? We've talked about it a few times. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as uh, Jordan Belford and. He is pushing his acting to the max on this movie. Um, he's or just so he's not outrageous. acting at all. Or he's not <laughs> acting the at other, all. You that's never the know. other end of the spectrum that it could be. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've just freaking just been, like, I mean, just watching the movie, and, and uh, especially as a Scorsese-produced movie, it's just got so many 
character moments and so many like just scenes that are just so outrageous and um but also just visual and and captivating and um you know the i mean the movie's like over it was like 3 hours or something so it's it's quite, no it's 2 hours and 59 minutes okay 2 hours and 59 minutes it's not minutes. over 3 hours is a fucking <laughs> lie it's a little under 3 hours <laughs> but uh yeah man i mean and then you know like uh Jonah Hill's in it and he's just like all these characters they're they're just so like outrageous and you know there's i don't know it's just, it's so different and i don't know i just enjoyed the kind of the ride of the movie and um yeah. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Number three, got my top two now. Number two, I've got Zootopia. Ooh. Uh, another animated movie. Um, came out in 2016. I feel like we've talked about this movie too on the show a few it times. It was both of our favorite movies of 2016. Yes. So it, it has now joined my decade list because Very of nice. probably all the reasons we mentioned on that episode. Um, I don't know. It was weirdly enough, even though it was an animated movie about um, a society of animals and um, domesticated animals, and you know, kind of like living a life that kind of humans do. Um, it was weirdly a ref- reflection on just kind of what society, how society views different people, and you know, we have, especially in today's world, we're still dealing with like racism and and all these different you know things um, throughout our society and. Um, it's interesting to see that kind of paralleled with this movie, and um, again, kind of similar. Pixar, you know, taking the approach of relating it for you know being relatable for for children versus you know also adults as well, and it just had like bigger themes in there, um, almost like bigger than the movie itself sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's why it really made again a, a big impression on me is is just because it just felt so true and real to like what's happening around us every day. It's true, and, yeah, um, and it's, it's yeah, it's an, I feel like it's an important movie to kind of show, you know, kind of share that, and um, you know, I think that's very influential, and I, I think that's very, uh, you know, for, especially for the decade, just kind of learning, you know, taking that and then and really applying that. So, yeah, number two, Zootopia, I love it, and then number one, um, shout out to Danny Rodriguez because he did help. Uh, he did work on this film and did uh, did some animating for this, and it's actually an animated film. Funny enough, um, <laughs> number one is um, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, which Very came out nice. uh, in 2018. Man, um, I don't know this. This was such a just breath of fresh air. It was such a unique take on the Spider Man character or characters. Um, yes. it was just so different, man. And and I was I was really happy. I, I again went into it, kind of, you know, I, I had an idea of what it might be about, but I was really happy when I I watched it, and I you know watched it a few times after, and I, I just really enjoyed that film. And again, kind of similar to Zootopia, it has those themes in there where you know it's talking about, you know, um, I mean, pretty much the whole you know whole thing is like anyone can be Spider Man. Um, you don't you don't anyone can don the mask. It's just the ideals and the and the the want to help people um, that's important, and I think that is something they really uh, nailed with the story and you know the characters of Miles Morales and and Peter Parker and getting a different version of Peter Parker in this film too as an adult Spider Man and seeing I want kind of Jack Johnson to fucking play thirty ish Spider Man. I want Dude. that shit to happen. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so so yeah, I, science teacher Peter Parker. My God, give me the, make that fucking movie. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, man, and I think 
you know, you know, we have uh, not trying to. I haven't mentioned any other Marvel films on the on my list because you know, I mean, they're, they're, it, it's interesting that the superhero genre was, you know, especially in the last decade, was like the biggest. You know, they made so much money with Marvel, and you know, they those dominated. Were very, yeah, they were very successful. It was the decade of superhero movies and the and that genre of, of fil- uh, storytelling. Um, but to see into the Spider Verse and to see the this genre of film kind of um, take a different you know kind of route and and really dive into the importance of the characters uh, themselves mm-hmm. I think was um, why it's not as high as it is on my list. So Spider Man into the Spider Verse number one, dude. I like it. That's beautiful. That is a hefty list, but I I tried my best to kind of look at all the films in the decade and and just pick. What I could, and um, all these films I really enjoyed, and I, I, I can see myself watching these films, uh, you know, throughout the next next decade. Fantastic! I um, I'm still I'm still working on my list, you know, as we speak. It's cool. Um, it's so it's hard, dude. It's so hard. <laughs> you know what? So I had Wolf of Wall Street at ten, but you already talked about it brilliantly. So I'm gonna just give way to another film, so we can talk about one more. Mother. I'm gonna put Mother at oh, ten. I haven't seen that one yet. I oh, loved man. it. You either love or you hate this film. You probably hate this film. I loved it. Um, you know, it's so... It, everything is such a sketch and such a, you know, everything feels allegorical and you can really apply whatever meaning you want to it. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's about how being an artist is kind of a selfish endeavor and the people around you kind of suffer for it. And then I read, oh, no, it's really, you know, about the... Um, the Old Testament, really, and that look, look at the religious parallels, and you're like, fuck, that's right. You could read it that way too. There's many ways to read this film, and that's what I really, yeah. really love about it. And it's very, you know, the screenplay is, is so kind of tight and just, eh, you know, and and everyone feels like they're they're acting their ass off, but everything is also so effortless. And and yeah, I think this movie really comes together. I, I like it a lot. Um, number eight, I'm gonna go Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, or man. nine. I'm sorry, nine. Mad Max Fury Road. This movie, it's it's pure fucking cinema. This is this movie is all visuals. It's basically a silent fucking film. Um, you know, you just they're, do, they're going there. Now they're going there. Now they're going, and it's just every moment is uh, electrifying and inventive and fresh, and it's it's brilliant to look at. And it's just it's amazing. It's such an amazing fucking movie. Um, number eight. I'm Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is going to be at number eight for me. I love this fucking movie. Um, I wish it was higher. Um, but yeah, again, props to our good friend of the podcast, Danny Rodriguez, um, for working on what I consider to be the greatest animated film of the decade. So yeah, yeah. Um. Even more so than Zootopia, and that's like yeah. <laughs> um, number seven. I'm gonna go Skyfall. I Yo, really love Skyfall. Like I had such a good time at. The, I went to the movies. I probably saw Skyfall at the movies more than any other. Yeah, I definitely saw Skyfall at the movies more than any other movie on my list. I went like three or four times wow. to see it. I really fucking loved it. And, you know, the cracks kind of show it's a movie that I can enjoy despite its flaws and shit. I really fucking yeah. love this movie. Yes, it's basically a ripoff of The Dark Knight, but okay. Dark Knight's really good. 
And this is awesome. <laughs> and it's fucking James Bond. Um, yeah. Number number six, I'm going to go Nightcrawler. I really love Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Oh, Nightcrawler's it's, on your list. Yeah. It's basically, you know, hold on. Wait. One, two, three. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I accidentally have eleven. Scratch mother. Scratch ten. Ten is Mad Max. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Nine is Spider Verse. Eight is Skyfall. Okay. I had such a great time with Skyfall. I had such a great time with Skyfall. Oh, wait, we already talked about Skyfall. I'm on Nightcrawler. I'm so sorry. I'm Nightcrawler. so lost it's now. Cool. <sighs> it's cool. Um, okay, Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler is Taxi Driver meets The Network, and it is fucking brilliant. Jake hey, Gyllenhaal. Okay. Gives such a fantastic performance. He is so fucking mm-hmm. good in this movie, um, and he, he's a one man fucking show. He's yeah, yeah. fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say. Nightcrawler is just a fantastic movie. Um, number six, then yeah, yep. Uh, Baby Driver. I was actually oh, surprised man. that this you know, didn't make your just list. Just watch that. <laughs> I just watched that the other day with my it's roommate. Such a, and it's such a watchable yeah. fucking movie. Like, some of these movies are good, but do you really want to throw them on? You know? But, like, Baby Driver, if it's on, I'm fucking watching it. I love that movie. It is oh, yeah, so man. entertaining. It is, like, it's just... And the characters are all really well done, I think. And I love it. Edgar Wright's direction is just tops. So, yeah. <laughs> I, hate to side, I hate to side note, but I remember uh, listening to an interview about uh, uh, with Edgar Wright. And he was saying that he really, when he was in college or you know, doing his film schooling, um, he really wanted to make like an action, like a, 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 a car chase kind of That's action right. movie. Yeah. And, and of course now, you know, he was able to make that. And it's just really interesting to hear that from even just someone as, a, as established director like that over the years, like, he, he had this dream of making a movie like this, and it's just, like, it has come to life, and, and he was able to have the opportunity to do that. So it's just inspiring in a way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, number five, I'm going to go Looper. Oh, I man. think Looper is yeah. such a tightly written movie. I, it's incredible. It is like a fucking watch. It's like fucking clockwork. It's so good. It is so good. Um, uh, and it's like it's even it's hard to talk about without kind of just like ta- saying yeah. the entire story. Like it's it's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing, and the ending is so just boom. Like oh my god, and it all just fucking it ah! makes sense. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, so number five, Looper. Hey. Number four, I'm gonna go Django Unchained. I. Love Django nice. Unchained. Oh, I, 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 it's. I think Quentin Tarantino's most comic booky movie. You know, like Django is, yeah, is a superhero sure. basically, right? Um, yeah. And it's it's just and DiCaprio is probably his best performance outside of a Scorsese movie. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's um. It's and, and then, Christoph Waltz, dude, and Kerry Washington, dude. and Samuel Jackson. Hell it's yeah. so good, such um, a good cast. Yeah, and the costume, everything. It's you know, and I love his dialogue, and yeah, it's 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 awesome. That's you know that first scene, the first scene where Christoph Waltz parlays 
with, uh, you know, the, the slave traders or whatever. And then the next scene where they're in the bar and, you know, um, and he's just explaining to Django that, you know, like, I feel guilty about this, but, you know, well, you know like, it's just, it's, I don't know. I really, yeah. I really love those characters. Um, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I like it. Um, I'll throw it on <laughs> from time to time. Uh, number three, uh, I'm going to go Hugo. I really love Hugo. Oh, yeah, Hugo. Um, and, you know, it's Martin Scorsese giving you film school, which uh, in the most entertaining fashion. And I saw that. I got, I was privileged enough to see that in 3D. And um, it was incredible. It was and it was such a and I'll never forget that experience. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it, it's 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 amazing. You know, it's it, because it's Martin Scorsese is the greatest student of cinema. And uh, and this movie is his just love letter to the the roots and the the, the very beginnings of of movies and it's it's beautiful it's really beautiful. Um, I find it interesting that that year, uh, the artist won for best picture, but they were both nominated. Uh, oh, really? You know, and the artist is about the end of the silent era, but this is about the, just. The dawn of fucking filmmaking, film. you know, the dawn of the special yeah. effects, all of it. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Dude, awesome. Uh, yeah. Number two, uh, Get Out. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I should have put that on my list. Yeah, that's, that's one for the books. Uh, yes. Get Out is <laughs> incredible. It's so fucking original. It is fresh and exciting and it has something to say. And, um, uh, it's it's so wildly entertaining, but it's also a movie where you're like, I think everyone needs to watch this movie, like just f- to check. Or do you have a heart? Do you have a fucking conscience and like a soul? And like, <laughs> you know, are you good? Like, this is your litmus test is watching this fucking movie. Uh, it's brilliant. It's so fucking good. Um, Daniel Kalia, is that how you say his name? <clears throat> is so the fact that he was he nominated for best actor? He should have fucking won. I. No. That scene where he's in the chair, yeah, fuck, oh, yeah. fuck. He is so white hot in that fucking movie. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get out. And number one, also my favorite movie of 2019, The Irishman. I, the Irishman. It might have been on my 20th viewing of the scene, you know, of you, you motherfuckers, you know, I'm, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> I... I'll I'll get home from work and I'll just throw that scene on. I can watch that scene. All. <laughs> no, Frank, not you, not you, Frank. Um, I didn't see you. Um, <laughs> you're gonna call me a motherfucker. Um, it's so good, and I think yeah, I'd watch that about twenty times. And I'm going, like, you know what? This is my favorite scene of the decade. This is my favorite movie of the decade. Holy shit! Like it just it, <laughs> it dawned on me. So um, yeah, The Irishman cleans up for me. I love one, it. Man. I think it's fucking amazing. Nice. Yeah. I think it's Scorsese's most affecting work, uh, that last hour, okay. for sure. Um, you know, his movies always leave again. his movies always leave me, you know, the characters, the mood, the tone stays with me for a little while after I see it. But this one, it really, you felt the weight of it mm-hmm. after it ends, you know? It's beautiful. I, lo- I love those types of movies because it, it really does leave a, a, you know, kind of a lasting impression in a way. It mm-hmm. makes you think. It makes you kind of reflect and ponder. 
Yeah. Those, those are the movies. I always, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Was, I, now i got to do my second viewing of it because, you know, it's had that such a, a big, you know, influence on you and, and you really like it. So, um, yeah, dude, awesome list. It's end of end of a uh, decade, man. End of the decade, man. It's wild. It's, it's wild. And I, you know what? I, I am, I am excited for, for the next decade of movies and I am too. And, and what, what other directors and creators are, are, are able to bring us and who knows, who knows what are in the next maybe 10 years, <laughs> what are, what are movie, our favorite movies are going to be, dude. I know I'm excited yeah. for, you know, 2030 when we're doing this. Oh man. So. 2030. Gosh, that feels, it's just so crazy. It's so close. <laughs> it's too close, man. Um, too close. Sean Ethan. Do you have anything yes. you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, imaginary audience this week? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I um, what should I call it? I uh, kind of uh, piggybacking off of kind of the last couple of episodes. I did finish *Man in the High Castle* season four. Um, little disappointed with the series finale, but no. um, I thought it was a thought, I thought it was a very uh, well you know written show, and it was just so, so intriguing as far as just the world that they were in. Um, and then I, this rarely happens to me, but I binged uh, two different shows in the last couple weeks. Um, I binged uh, The Witcher, which came out on Netflix like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Henry Cavill playing um, this kind of, uh, I would say, magic fantasy kind of bounty hunter dude who kills like monsters. Um, it was very interesting. I, I never really played the video games and or read the books. So I was just curious to watch it. And I was kind of looking for something a little more kind of, you know, more fantasy based or whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, cool. It makes me kind of curious about the series and, um, you know, the kind of seeing where they're going to go from there. A little, little uh, sad because I, I binged it. So it's like, there's like nine episodes. So it's over. And they're, they greenlit the season two, but it's going to come out in 2021. So there's going to be like a gap, one year gap between that. Man, Um, they lose viewers. I don't get it. Like, I I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's the standard. And clearly it's not because Netflix fucking slashes shows all the fucking time. So who knows? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it, I mean, we can go off on the topic of like binging and, and, you know, that kind of culture of of how we're uh, consuming, you know, content like that. And, you know, I think that's why I... Um, you know, I was, I was intrigued by like the Mandalorian and, you know, I'll, I'll watch the like next season when it comes out, but I did like how it was on a weekly format because it mm-hmm. was getting excited to, you know, especially, you know, with Game of Thrones ending this last year and, you know, kind of having this weekly show to get excited about, to talk about with people and, and discuss and, and ponder and go on the, you know, forums or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really kind of bring, you know, that's what television, especially in this day and age is it, you know, that's what I... I think is missing sometimes with, you know, putting the, all of it up front. And, you know, it, for me, you can, you can discipline yourself and just watch each episode apart from each other. But, um, I don't know, the Witcher, <laughs> no. like, especially, I, I, I wish I, I wish I watched it weekly because it, it just kind of, um, yeah, it just was, it was over and then, you know, move on to the next one. So the second show I wa- re, uh, watched, um, and binge was the expanse, um, Ooh. season four, I think season four. Uh, on Amazon as well, and um, 
uh, I really like this series. In fact, I think um, this series is also based on a book series, and I'm actually interested in picking up um, the books and kind of re- reading further into um, how the story is. And apparently, based off of um, a lot of the reactions from fans, um, it is very close to the books as far as, you know, there's, I mean, there's, you know, there's obviously an adaptation, but it really, a lot of people are happy with how they're adapting and, and kind of uh, visualizing some of the things that are happening in the show. And I, I think that's great that they're able to do that and have people like, you know, this is what I imagine the, it would look like on television or, you know, when you're reading it on a book, when you picture it. And, um, and of course, it's just an interesting story about the human race colonizing Mars and, you know, having a society of, um, they call them belters in, the, in space, like uh, people settling in the space stations. And, and then, of course, our kind of first interactions with, um, you know, artificial life, or um, not artificial life, uh, alien life forms and kind of uh, the ghosts that, like, the pathways that I've left behind by societies that were here before us kind of thing so it's very interesting and um and it has it definitely has gotten a lot better um over the seasons as far as the main characters and you know they're starting to realize they're starting to create make those characters very important to the main story arc and and really kind of you get to see the characters grow throughout the seasons and i think that's always uh is always great to to see the kind of development of these characters so nice yeah so cool. recommendation, The Witcher and The Expanse. Um, I, out of all those two, I think The Expanse is, is uh, it's an interesting and, and amazing show. And I, I think uh, I would really like to continue to be in that world. So picking up the books for sure. Cool. Um, yeah. Anyways, Joey, what are your, uh, what do you, what would you like to share this week? Um, well, let's see here. Um, I, you know, I, I, I made a purchase. I, um, I got an iPad. And an iPad, oh, you got an iPad, and, and cool. the Apple Pencil, um, because Yo. you know I I haven't been doing enough writing, and um, for me, you know, I really need to write all over a script. I can't just read it, and you know, yeah. I need yeah. that thing. But printing scripts doesn't really it doesn't it's it's 120 pages every time, you know, that's a lot. Where am I going to print it? I don't have a printer, so I, I invested in an iPad. And, and a pen, Apple Pencil. And it's I spent Saturday just going through a script and marking it the, the fuck up. And I had a great time with it, to be honest with you. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool tool. And I've been doing a lot of, a lot of drawing. Um, That's cool, man. Yeah, so it's been fun. Um, I think it's a, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. It's blown me away, to be quite honest. So, um, yeah, I recommend it. And the other we, thing um, I want... Well, yeah. I was say, about to say, which version did you get? Like, uh, I know there's a couple. I, I got the seventh generation and whatever the standard. I don't know. Is it like a ten point two inch screen, something like that? Just I didn't need. Yeah. You know, I I would have even liked a mini, but I think the minis are more expensive, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that. No, cool. I either wanted the mini or the fucking pro, but both were more expensive. So I was like, that I'll do this one. That pro looks like a that pro is it's like fucking so big, sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. Pricey. It's pretty <laughs> wild. The the other th- quick thing I want to recommend is Celia's by the Beach. Do you remember eating at Celia's Mexican joint? Yeah, I do. And yeah. there's one on Judah, and me and Matt, uh, my brother, uh, and I met there uh, Sunday night for dinner, and it was fucking awesome. Carne asada fries. Super good place, super good atmosphere, so check it out. 
Okay. San Francisco G Street. Okay. Um, Jonathan, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, my friend? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Day Music and also on my website, SeanDayMusic.net. Net. Dot net. Dot net. 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 <laughs> Joey, where can we find you on you, the internet? You can check me out on Twitter at Joey Parati and on my website, JoeyParatiScripts.com. You can check out the show at Top5Pod, that's T-O-P-F-I-V-E-5-P-O-D on Instagram, on Twitter at gmail.com, and on Facebook at Top5Podcast. We're on Apple Music, Google Play, and SoundCloud, so please give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your love. And we will give you a decade's worth of love back. Until next time, I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks. Thanks. For... For... Mm-hmm. <laughs>